it's shiny, it's awesome, it's cool, it's a piece it's of hardware that I can give my baby boy. Because I didn't eat anything. You know, absolutely. Hold on, I'm talking, brother. 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 Hello and welcome back to Hold On I'm Talking Brother. My name is Joe Greenwood and you are listening to our UFC 278 preview of Usman versus Edwards 2 for the welterweight title. And Tom Ballam, outside of the UFC, it is a big fight weekend. So I'm going to ask for your prediction for the other big fight between MVP and Mike Perry in BKFC. Uh, Tom, how, how, are your, how are your loins feeling towards... Uh, that fight that's happening this weekend. Is that really happening, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> it is actually it is the, happening this the, weekend. The times they move so fast. I remember Mike Perry's golden days back in the UFC. Yeah. Sunlit uplands of the fighting world. And Michael Venom Page was a bit of a standout for Bellator, so still in Bellator. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, Just how are you do, feeling? Being given the night off to uh yeah. smash Michael Michael Perry. Michael Perry, yes. Um yeah. The last time he had that name read out was probably in family court or something. So, uh, anyway, let's move on, Tom. Uh, UFC 278, we were just talking before we started recording. Uh, when it's good, it's so good. And when it's bad, we are looking at all-time worst card bad. Fight night at the apex bad. Um, I think that's a pretty fair assessment, don't you think? I I can see where you're leading us there, Joe, but... Here on Hold On, I'm talking brother, we're about optimism. We're about the peak of the sport. Yes. We avoid the troughs. Uh, so let's start at the peak. Let's talk yes. about what is good uh, before we, unfortunately, are reduced to discussing uh, the worst the UFC has to offer. Yes. Tom, so me and Tom are going to make predictions now for UFC 278's main card. Five fights. Uh, we're going to make a prediction for each fight. If we get the fighter who wins correct, that's one point. And if we get the method correct as well, that's two. Ten points on offer. And Tom, surprisingly, is the defending champion. Two dodgy wins um, recently. But he is the champion regardless. And talking of champions, let's talk about pound for pound, number one fighter in the world, welterweight champion Kamara Usman defends his title against Leon Edwards. This is the second time that they're meeting. The last time was seven years ago on a fight night prelim in Orlando. Tom, do you think that fight shows us anything for this one? It's a great question, Joe, because much uh, play has been made of the evolution, uh, not just in Kumara Usman in becoming uh, the current pound-for-pound champ, the man Mm. who loves his hands, the man who loves a knockout, he loves a jab. He loves to hurt people, mm. and he loves to beat people twice. Um, mm. Leon Edwards has also developed and evolved a lot, and I think that fight was pretty pivotal pivotal for him in, in doing that, in, in helping him to develop. Uh, listening to Leon this week, you're hearing a lot about how, just how much that weighed on him, how that made him question just how good he, he really is or how good he can be. But... The benefit of hindsight is that he just happens to run into Kamaru Usman on his UFC debut. Mm. Now, Kamaru Usman, Usman, since then, Joe, he has won how many fights in a row? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Th- I can't even count high enough. Uh, <laughs> if he wins this one, Joe, he breaks the record for the most consecutive UFC wins. Really? He? he I thought he matches it. 
But he's he's going to break it. It's you. You might have called me out there, Joe. Yeah, I have caught you out. He's, he's going to match Anderson Silva's record um, of thirteen, I believe, fights in a row. That is phenomenal. And this is going to be, I guess. Now we're getting to the stage now with Usman's career of where he stands in the all-time great category because that's where he's starting to get up to and now it's starting to be the debate is how many more wins does he need to match and potentially surpass GSP as the all-time great welterweight and then thus enter the conversation of greatest of all time if I said to you Usman has four more fights in the UFC and he wins all of them you would probably consider him at least the equal of GSP, wouldn't you? Well, how many of those fights are against uh, Nate and Nick Diaz? <laughs> at least three. Well, like... <laughs> uh, no, it's very much about the quality of the opponent. And um, we've got to say in uh, Usman's recent outings, fighting Colby, uh, slightly resurgent Jorge Masvidal and Gilbert mm. Burns, uh, Usman has put himself in that rarefied air, taking on the challengers who, mm. you know, should be should be taken on and dispatching them in pretty comfortable fashion. Colby last time out slightly less so. Mm. Uh, now the second time oh, wait, up hold here, on. you think the second Covington Usman fight was closer than the first one? No, sorry, I meant the last Colby fight uh, in comparison with the knockout sorry. of Jorge Masvidal and right, the right, knockout right. of Gilbert Burns, both of which were prime highlight real material. Yeah, 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 comprehensive. Particularly that one against Jorge Masvidal down in, in Jacksonville. That's, that's, that's one of the best knockouts ever. Well, like, just... It, it really is. Like, you literally see his soul leaving his body. It's it's incredible. Like, the sweat flying off of him. And then some of the most disgusting ground and pounds that I've seen outside of Derek Lewis. Like, it is just absolutely ferocious. Um, yeah, Usman has really leveled up. People attribute that to Trevor Whitman. You know, the working of the jab, you know, the fact that he switches stances now and has a strong jab out of both stances. That's really, really impressive. Um, I'm going to put this out there, and I don't think this is too shocking an opinion. I don't think his striking is as good as Leon Edwards. Uh, I think that you would be fair in saying that as well, Tom? Well, uh, according to Edwards, he is the uh, number one striker in that division. In the first fight against Usman, he did he had brief uh, brief amount of time to show that before Usman implemented quite a heavy wrestling approach. Uh, mm. When Edwards was fresh on the feet um, in the first round, he was able to keep some distance from from Usman, and definitely his striking certainly at that period was um, was ahead of him. The thing mm. is, Joe, you know, I don't I don't think Usman. Um, Although he is training with Trevor Whitman, they're working on his hands. That is the focus of the camp, and we've seen the developments there. I don't mm. think Usman is naive enough to think that uh, he won't need to wrestle Liam yeah. Edwards. I think he's kind of hinted at that. And um, then that brings us on to Leon Edwards. All right. Yeah. Uh, now, Leon has gone undefeated since that fight. Yeah. However, when you pull up the list of names that he's beaten, Recently, you're talking about well, Nate Diaz last time out, 
then there was a sl slightly wash, slightly heading down the hill, Rafael dos Anjos. There was a Gunnar Nelson before taking a prolonged break. And then Donald Cerrone. So certainly not the same calibre of opposition. Um, well, hold on. How much of that, though, is down to him? Because I'm looking here. He had the Tyron Woodley one that was cancelled. And that was just as COVID hit and was that fight was cancelled. And then Gilbert Burns got the fight instead, I think, a month or two later. And it's like that was going to be Leon Edwards' breakout moment. We didn't know what stage Woodley was in his career. I actually think in the Burns fight, that was the best performance that he had towards, you know, in his losing streak. You know, he was trying. He was sort of like trying to give something back. But obviously Burns was a lot better than him. And then he had three fights against Chimaev cancelled. Three times that, that fight was cancelled. And he took that fight when other people were unwilling to do so. So I but, think that Edwards is one of these whereby he his record doesn't highlight how good he is because of the level of opposition. And then also circumstance has not allowed him to do that because he also had that weird one with Bala Mohammed with the eye poke where, you know, Mohammed, you know, really that was quite, it was really bad um, where, you know, he poked Mohammed in the eye and the fight had to be called off. But before that, he was dominating Bilal Mohammed. That first round was one-way traffic and Mohammed just did not look like he was on the same level as Leon Edwards. No, well that brings us nicely into the to the bigger question, uh, which is not whether Usman can strike with Edwards, mm. but rather whether Edwards can wrestle with Usman. Um, and you re referenced there Bilal Mohammed, um, a pressure wrestler uh, of quite some calibre, who's who's really put the work on a few guys. Yeah, that was no issue for Leon Edwards. Uh, we talked about Gunnar Nelson, a man with a gra grappling heavy approach. Yeah. Uh, I, I watched that fight here in in Iceland with the with the natives <laughs> cheering on their man. And uh, what was really what stood out in that fight is just how strong and how his how strong a base Edwards has mm. when he was uh, being threatened with with kind of grappling exchanges. He was just turning Gunnar Nelson any which way he wanted to. Um, mm. um, so I also think Edwards, much like Usman, is very big for this division. Like he looks big. He looks like he could be a middleweight. Like if he just bulked up just a little bit. And I think that that could also I mean, be a part of that. A, but he's six foot two, Joe. Six foot yeah, two. Yeah, he's, he's a big yeah, guy. Yeah, he's a he's a big big guy. Seventy four inch reach. Yeah, it's also going to be interesting to see how the clinch exchange works in this fight because if the clinch exchange then goes into wrestling, of course, then Usman's going to have that advantage. But if it's well, clinch exchanges with striking, Edwards's understanding of the clinch exchange, there, the sort of striking meta, is really. Like advanced, even in, within MMA, I think he has a super modern game. You know, he's a very has a very analytical game. Problem is though, is that that game requires a little bit of time to really kick in. Which against someone like Usman, not really going to get that much time to. Well, Joe, my my big question that. here, and again, you've led led very nicely into it, is um, yes, in the grappling exchanges up against the fence, the where the place that Usman has found himself. Uh, well, starting with Tyron Woodley, but also later on against uh, other guys, where he's really just leaning on them, wearing them down. In the first uh, Masvidal fight, for example, yeah, um, he's had a lot of success in that position. But as you say, Edwards is is pretty strong there himself. Uh, where we saw the mismatch in the first fight, it was when uh, Usman was able to get Edwards down to the mat. Now, my big question is, Joe, 
does Usman still have the uh, athletic credentials, the caliber, mm. the knees to push a, a wrestling heavy game on Edwards? I don't For think five rounds. that recently. For five rounds as well, that would be like incredibly difficult. I think this is the interesting thing with Usman, isn't it? Because you know he's 34 35 now is he like i don't know if you've got um if you can confirm yeah, that for he's me he's 35 Joe, yeah he's 35 years old um he had to take quite a bit of time off because of surgery with the on his hand um long known that he can't run so he has to swim and use the elliptical machine because of the, his damage to his knees now i know that people will say yes but we've seen in his fights recently that that's not been an issue he's taken have, his time off we, he's recovered have we seen usman put on like a chain wrestling dogged takedown performance recently? what i'm I... saying no no what i'm saying is is that we haven't seen him age but the thing is is that champions only they age immediately and when it happens it almost happens overnight and then it becomes very apparent to us and it's whether that challenger can take advantage of it you know, if Leon Edwards goes out there and he dominates Usman, we're all going to be thinking, oh man, I think it might be one fight too many for Usman. Maybe the injuries have caught up with him. Maybe the years of wrestling have taken advantage, have come, you know, have taken that advantage. Would be, that him. would be outrageous if that was the consensus. Yeah, if, but if Leon goes and does that and that's people's reaction, that is some bullshit right there. What do you mean? Like that, what? That. Usman oh. has just fucking smoked the top guys in the division. He's gone on yeah. like the, the highest highlight reel of his career. He's looked better than he ever has. If he gets upset by Edwards, that is a stunning turnaround. Um, yeah, but you know that people are going to... You know that that's what people are going to jump on. They're going to say that he's washed. They never, they'll never, they never give Edwards the credit. What What I want to just hammer home here, though, Joe, like you reference, you reference um, where they're at and where their strengths are. If you find Leon Edwards is able to fend off the kind of grappling pressure against the fence that Usman has kind of patented in recent outings, mm. I think Edwards might well be able to do that, by the way. Um, then we're going to see, actually, has Usman aged? We haven't seen that against anyone else because against Colby, he, he needed his hands. Mm. Okay, against Masvidal, the grappling was enough. Yeah. He hasn't had to put on a, like a really wrestling-heavy display. Yeah. And uh, and that's what I'm curious to see, if he still has that in him right now. And also I think when, he'll need it if he wants to beat Leon Edwards on Saturday. And also, when you reference the first Masvidal fight, you know, when you ground out that... This was Masvidal on a week's notice. Now, I know Usman was also on a week's notice, but Usman had been training for Burns. Masvidal had come in. I know he was kind of training, but not really. Then he had to go into a horrendous weight cut. And, you know, that wasn't... I don't think that was the best of either of those guys. Uh, But, you know, when you've got a wrestler who's not his best against a striker who's not his best, the wrestler is probably going to take over. Um, That's why they gave Masvidal that second fight. Okay, fair enough. That was conclusive. But I agree with you. If Usman has to go to that wrestling game for five rounds, I think he'll struggle to do that comprehensively for five rounds. I really, really do. And then it's whether the case of, has he done it early enough in the fight to bank rounds, or if he can get Edwards out of there? Do you think that that's the debate here? Can he get Edwards out of there? I mean, I have seen no evidence to suggest that that is possible in Leon Edwards' recent outings. Mm. I've seen a man really in his prime... A man who has no question marks over any uh, 
knees, elbows, nothing like that. No. Uh, a man full of confidence and a man who fully expects to go in and, and win. I don't think there's any kind of mental issue there for Leon either. Mm. He recognises his shortcomings in the first fight. He's worked on them. He's improved upon them. And and perhaps we will have a diminished Usman. Tom, Joe, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're the champ. Well, I'm the champ. Lay out, right. lay, you go first. You lay down, you don't, you lay hold down on, your prediction. Hold on, son. Go on. Hold on. Let's Come just on. establish the hierarchy here. As the <laughs> champ, as the champ, I will yeah. ask you to go first. You want me to go first? Yes. My word, my word. I think this fight is really interesting in terms of these guys' careers and where they're going to be after this fight. Well... If Edwards wins, fighting each other again, that's for sure. Yes, that is 100% what's going to happen. We're not going to get Chimaev-Edwards, which is a fight I would love to see. Although maybe you'll get that Masvidal-Edwards fight, perhaps, you know. Easy money for Leon, let's let's put it that way. Yeah, it would be a trilogy fight. This is going to be... Yeah, it's, it's an interesting stepping stone fight for both of these guys because if Edwards wins obviously he's going to go into the trilogy and then it's real confirmation of he is that good and you know British fighters can be that good without having to go to America you know this would be a huge moment for British MMA if he could do it and if Usman wins he takes those steps then towards the mantle you know of the greatest of all time and I think that that is where his head is at in terms of this fight so what do I go with do I go with you know, me wanting Edwards to win because, like, I really want a British fighter to win a title. I know I shouldn't be coming out and saying this, but I really do want a British fighter to win it. But I also want Usman to step up into the pantheon. I want him to be on that level. Maybe it's that thing. I've just come back from Greece. I've just been in Athens. I've seen <laughs> I've seen <laughs> what the gods created. <laughs> I've seen what they... I've seen this. You know, I'd love to go to the MMA Hall of Fame and see Usman's head carved in marble in front of me. The greatest of all time. I was there seeing the greatest of all time. And you know what I'm going to say? I think we're going to see that first step towards the greatest of all time. I've gone for Kamara Usman by decision. It breaks my heart. I would love Leon Edwards to win this fight. And if he does, I'll be so happy. But if past is prologue, I have to go with Usman. Usman decision. I have to say, you haven't shocked me, Joe. You are in the consensus sleeping on Leon Edwards, who I think is a major, major hiccup. Um, A serious banana skin for Usman. Mm. Not a whole lot of credit going to Edwards. Certainly not um, befitting of of his calibre. Um, I think you match up Uzma, uh, Edwards with the rest of the top of the division and he's probably going in or he should be going in as the favourite. In this fight, he's 3-1 to one against... No. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm putting money on that. <laughs> I'm putting money on that. <laughs> that. Which to me are extraordinary odds given the details we've just outlined. I think Leon has the serious potential to upset Kamaru Usman and I've picked... Kamaro Usman to win by decision. Uh, <laughs> because to. he's the champ, all right? He's the goddamn champ, and he's earned that right. He's earned that right, and holding on, talking brother, we'll stand behind him until he falls, and then we'll switch the bandwagon over to Leon, as, as is her right. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, I really, I really think Leon has a great chance, a much better really chance than, than what's being put on him. I really do. Here. I really do. But just I, what Usman's done recently, it's it's hard to it's hard to. Look I think, that. yeah, I think if Usman as well wins this, and then, you know, as I said, takes on those next, and I th- for me the next four fights are quite clear for Usman if he's going to become the greatest of all time. You know, it's Edwards, Chimaev, Rachmanov. And then probably some cash in fight against Conor McGregor. Like those are the four fights, or you know, what I mean, like those three guys. I feel like if he beats those three, that is, in terms of a title reign, as good as anyone. Like if he can beat those three, I I would have no problem putting him on the same level as GSP. And then if he goes up to light heavyweight and wins that title, which is what he is hinting at, I mean. No doubt in my mind, then he would be the greatest of all time. But anyway, we are a couple years ahead, a couple years away from that. Yeah, let's move on to a fight that isn't about greatness. All right? Oh no! Oh it's... no! No, this is this is about what the human body can become. Okay. <laughs> well, Luke Rockhold versus say, Paolo Costa. Yeah, brother. Luke Rockhold versus Paolo Costa. It's not about the rankings, Joe. It's not okay. about becoming the goat. <laughs> it's about good vibes. Like this is what this fight is about. This is insane. I love this fight, by the way. I really do. And also, I don't know if you've seen it this week. I love Luke Rockhold. I've become a big Luke Rockhold. Have you seen him this week? What he's been talking about? Well, you'll have to you'll have to refresh us. He's been talking about fighter pay outright and calling the UFC the mafia. You know, talking about lose when he lost the fight against Bisping, how they basically put a target on him and just kind of wanted to cash in. He talked about the bonuses going fifty grand is bullshit. You know, if you look at how they're making billions off of us and they're giving us 50 grand, that's crumbs. That's nothing. They should be rewarding us. They don't care about us. They should be giving us health care. They should be, you know, thinking about us long term. They should be, you know, rewarding us for them making all that money. Socialist Luke Rockhold is not something I was expecting this week, but brother, we got it. We got Socialist Luke Rockhold and he's babyfaced himself. Um, I can't quite believe it but Luke Rockhold has made himself um a baby face Tom uh have you have you come round to the church of Rockhold <laughs> uh no, no. okay <laughs> I have not Joe no he's been making me cringe in in all the right places <laughs> uh, <laughs> just like he always has uh the guy is He's something else. Uh, can you um, can you describe the picture I sent you of Rockhold from the <laughs> countdown video? Can you describe what, what it what was? I wish there were some accompanying quotes to go with it. I mean, it was the man, I think he had his head, arms around, wrapped around the back of his head, and yeah. an open fire behind him. <laughs> <laughs> a cre- cream jumper yes. with like a, a white trousers. Extraordinary. Yeah, looking like a real seventies pornographer. He, it was it was a one hell of a look. But um, I mean, what do we say about Rockhold? It's three years since he last fought. He fought a light heavyweight in his last fight, where he got starched by Jan Blachowicz. In an interview with Daniel Cormier this week, they both said, "Yeah, I took him lightly." And Cormier even said this of like, "Yeah, I didn't think Jan was that, and it was a bad idea to tell him to do that to move up to light heavyweight." His last middleweight fight was at the Yoel Romero title fight, interim title fight, where Romero missed weight and then removed Rockhold from this mortal coil. Yeah. 
yeah, that was one of the most hellacious knockouts. Um, for those who don't remember it, R Romero hit him with a huge shot. Uh, Rockhold folded to the mat, but with a kind of vague hint of consciousness still etched across his face. And that sent Romero crazy. And he proceeded to <laughs> smash, smash his head with a huge uppercut whilst he was kind of slumped against the fence. It was... Before, then, afterwards, hugging him and kissing him after Rockhold is like resuming consciousness. Why is this broided freak kissing me? So, um, yeah, it's, 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 is it hard to say what Rockhold we're going to see? I mean, the worry is as well as the chin. You know, it's, it's suspects, really. Um, really kind of has been since the Belfort fight, don't you think? You know. Or is it the Bisping one that really sort of highlighted it? Because, you know, Bisping was not the hardest hitter and he managed to send Rockhold to sleep. Um, and against Paolo Costa, a marauder, a, a man who throws just humongous shots. I mean, has, has he just been set up here to be knocked out and then released from the UFC? Well, basically, we've got two guys uh, who are in some choppy waters right now. I mean, let's not pretend mm. that... Paulo Costa has had it plain sailing after being humiliated back in 2020 by Adesanya. <laughs> Cheers to that. As, uh, as I sip on the red wine. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of rock old etched across your face right now, Joe, too. Um, no, no, uh, I'm referencing, um, referencing Costa. Do you remember his wine excuse against Adesanya? That he was drunk. Because yeah. <laughs> he suddenly that, looked at okay. Joe. <laughs> I mean, he got absolutely... Taken apart with laser precision. All right, he got, he, sh he got showed that he cannot cut the cage off. He doesn't have the kind of ring craft to to manage any fighter who who doesn't just stand in front of him. All right, and swing. So mm. look, the question is, does Rockhold have the wherewithal to stand up to that pressure and and escape out the side, implement a kickboxing game, a la Adesanya, a la Rockhold, the kickboxer? Mm. Um, well, a wrestler, a grappler as well, a tremendous grappler, but. Not very good takedowns for Rockhold. He's he's never been particularly uh, strong at them. He's got tremendous kicking game though. That sort of yes. uh, the, the question mark kick is the main one, isn't it? That sort of sort of flicking sort of uh, motion that he has. He's very good at that. And also it's the body it's kick. fantastic, Joe. But it's a huge exaggerated motion that's perfect for a man who wants to close the distance against you. Yeah, exactly. It By takes... the way, Rockhold's uh, takedown accuracy is thirty percent. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I expect these guys to trade, and it's hard to it's hard to look away from those recent thunderous knockout losses for Rockhold. But again, Costa he got humiliated by Adesanya, and then comprehensively mm. um, out outpointed, out wrestled, out stammered, outworked, outworked by Marvin Vittori. But yeah. in that, he showed that he wasn't completely finished as a fighter. You know? No, no, far he, from it. He managed I, I to think carry that's... himself into the later rounds. He didn't gas. He, in a way, he answered some questions because after that Adesanya loss, I half expected him to retire immediately. Right. Um, I mean, I mean, losing to Adesanya and Vittori, there's no shame to that. Like, I, you know, I guess it's the manner of the Adesanya one, but I guess that's kind of what happens, isn't it? If you don't just play it safe against Adesanya, if you just like walk forward and take those kicks and you know, you don't um, just play it safe in the way that Whitaker and Cannoneer did in the last two title fights. Like, that is what's going to happen against Adesanya. Um, 
I'm, yeah. so, I'm sorry, Joe. That highlighted the flaws in Paolo Costa's game that he didn't spot that and that he did just stand in the firing line and get picked apart. Uh, yeah, but then like, what, 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 what's, what do you do in that fight? Do you just have to walk forward and try and do something I, I, or do you just I, have to I, hang think, back and just I get th- outpointed? Uh, so are you saying choose between a, a points loss or getting knocked out and then ridden in front of... <laughs> In front of everybody, I forgot. Uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, All right, yeah. Exactly. I'll take the points loss. Now, I'll take. I'll, I'll cruise to a decision. Loss, <laughs> yeah, actually. absolutely. Now, look, is Rock Old Wash Joe? Yes or no? Let's uh, well, say your no, prediction. because I've gone for a Luke. I've gone for a Luke Rock Old decision. I'm fired up, brother. I want him to win. I want him to win, and. It's no disrespect to Paolo Costa. I want Rockle to win. What he's been saying this week, he's pissed off, he's angry, and I love it. And he's calling the UFC out about fighter pay. Um, but I fear he's washed. And I fear that he's going to get brutally knocked out. But I've gone for a Rockle decision. Let's see if this old dog's got, some, got something left in him. Joe, in these last few few weeks, in the absence of any, any major cards, I have been picking fighters who have question marks against them kind of at the end of their careers. Do they have one last showing? Uh, now, Dominic Cruz getting his face crushed uh, last week by young Marlon Vera, who showed me the error of my ways. And for that reason, I have picked Costa, who, by the way, is a comprehensive favourite. Not as comprehensive as Usman, but a comprehensive favourite. I think he's going to knock out Rockhold. I think the ghost of Romero looms over him, and he will return to the shadow realm. I think that's a, I think that's a fair prediction. I've made an emotional prediction. Um, champs anyway. shit only right here, Joe. Now, champs. Jose champs. Aldo. He's fighting Marab Devashvili, the wrestling yep. machine down in bantamweight. Yeah. Yep. What stands out to you about this fight? Uh, what stands out to me is how is Devashvili going to um, draw Aldo out? Because Aldo is quite a reserved fighter now but a methodical you know strong fighter and whether he can actually take a punch because <laughs> that Marais fight was incredible uh turned into a zombie and then just uh, just steamrolled him after almost getting finished i th- feel like if he's in that position against aldo i don't think aldo will make the same mistakes that Marais did and that is what i want to see in this and also Across three rounds, Marab has got incredible cardio. He is an absolute machine. And is he going to weaponize that cardio? Is he just going to be chaining takedowns, taking Aldo down, working him over and over and over again? That, to me, is the two sort of images that I'm playing with in this fight. Yeah, what I mean... What about you? Yeah, I, I mean, that that's the fear for anybody against Marab is they just get run over by the train. Uh, now, it's clearly Jose is going to have to hurt him. And he's going to have yep. to make him think twice about, about rushing through him. Can Jose Aldo do that? Yes, for sure he can. And as you re- referenced, it's perfect, the Marlon Marais fight, um, you know, which was Marab's last time out, because it just shows the, the risks inherent in, in, in not taking credentialed strikers seriously, yeah. even if you are a great wrestler. Um, mm. So, yeah. But Marab is kind of a, a weird guy, isn't he? Because he's this... He's got everything that you would think for a guy who's just going to dominate, but he's got kind of weird losses. I mean, a loss to Ricky Simone's not a big deal, but who's the other guy? Frankie Sainz is the other guy he's lost to in the UFC. Like, you know, this is a guy who I think a lot of people are kind of unanimous that he's going to be a champion con- 
you know, contender, if not bantamweight champion. Um, yeah, he has these weird marks against him. Um, it's whether he can put that to one side now. And maybe that Marais fight is an example of that, that he has evolved and managed to implement a game plan now where if he is in trouble, it's just <laughs> take him down and batter him <laughs> as quickly as you can, as comprehensively as you can. Um, I wonder as well if Aldo's actually going to implement leg kicks in this as well because, you know, to Fabled. try and take away... Fabled. The fabled. Like, yeah, I mean. We, but we it's... haven't seen them in so long, Joe. I start to question mm. if they were ever even real. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, mean then, like anyone on a chessboard, or if they, you had these guys in top trumps, you know, and you're seeing this wrestler come at you who, who whose respect you need to earn, mm. good God, you're going to kick their legs. Yeah. Uh, but Jose, he's been really reluctant to do that. Now, look, looking at Jose Aldo. Um, you look at his losses, which, you know, you actually have to go back a couple of years. He is on a three-fight streak again now. Marlon Vera, Pedro Munoz, and Rob Font. Some some very tough competition. Top 10 bantamweights. And, by the way, comprehensive wins as well. Like, really, really comprehensive wins. And shut down contenders. Yeah. Particularly in Vera and Font. Two guys who were, who were like, oh, maybe this guy's got... When Vera took that Aldo fight, I think a lot of people were like, oh, you know, Aldo off that... Jan loss, fair on the come up, and Aldo schooled him. Like he was just like, "This is how a champion fights, brother. Like this is how this is what the big boys do." This is just it, Joe. He's been he's been looking great. He doesn't seem to have skipped a beat. And then you go back and you look at you know the losses that he did endure uh, to the likes of Max Holloway, of course, and and Volkanovski back back when he was fighting at featherweight. Since then, to Petr Jan and a pretty strange bantamweight debut against Morais before Morais mm. dropped off the face of the earth. Now, none of those guys fight like Marab Tivashvili. No, and I don't think Marab could follow the same kind of blueprint as Volkanovski or Petr Jan. No, like in terms of the frenetic striking, uh, managing the distance perfectly yeah. well, um, and actually in the case of uh, Petr Jan just outlasting uh, Aldo over the five rounds. It was only in those last rounds that Jan finally actually truly got the better, finally finishing him around five. But if you remember, the first three rounds were frenetic and ferocious, yeah. and Aldo stood with him the whole way. So to me, I think it's a tall order for Marab. He has to beat Aldo in a way that nobody has beaten Aldo. Can he do it? Uh, yeah, I've gone for Marab really by knockout. I think he's going to uh, catch Aldo behind the ear and uh, ground and pound him out. Conor McGregor. Oh, okay. Thought you meant like freak no, I, knockout. No, no, no. I think I think I think his speed and I think his cardio is going to be the thing that dominates him over Aldo. And I love Aldo. Aldo's one of my all-time favorite fighters. But I can't. I can't look past Marab. I really, really can't. I think he's a really impressive fighter who has refined his game, who has come through adversity, has become better for it. And, um, yeah, I've got to go with Marab. I, th- I think a pick for Aldo is a fair one. But, again, talking about Usman, talking about Rockhold, when does age catch up with these guys? You know, we've seen it with Aldo. We've seen him age catch up with him, and then he's turned it back. I mean, the, the move to Bantamweight, I remember when people were talking about the move, they are like, oh, my God, what's he doing? Like... This is desperate, and then turns it round, like revitalizes himself. 
and even in the Holloway losses, by the way, those are real, like, I'm losing, I may lose this fight, but I'm going to give everything in this loss. I'm not going to go out, like, just, I'm not going to give up here. Um, but I think, I, I can really see Mirab winning this and winning it comprehensively and putting his flag in the ground and being like, I'm the number one contender. I got next. Wow. Yep. Uh, I don't see this fight like that at all, Joe. <laughs> wow. What have you come from? Yeah, I, I really I really don't. I mean, I, I think what you've said about Mirab is, is very true um, in that, you know, he's, he certainly looked like a prospect, looked like a tough matchup for pretty much everybody in that division. I think yep. the likes of, um, let's say, uh, Corey Sanhagen, perhaps mm. even Petter Jan, uh, now looking at his fight with, with Aljamain, I think they would really want to avoid Mirab. But I think Aldo might be that one name that's a really ch- tough out for tough out for him. And I've picked Aldo to win the fight. Wow. I've picked Bye. Aldo to win by decision. Wow! Bye wow! You think it's you think he's gonna break out those old dog tricks and just? Yeah, I think he can do enough to to create the space to to do more damage than Marab. I don't think Marab will just run through him, and I think if Marab's not careful, he'll get kneed in the face like Chad Mendes. Oh, oh, that's a good shout. That is, that's a good shout. Right, Tom. <laughs> we talk. We've had. We've had. We've had our starter, we've had our main course, we've had our dessert. Now it's time to pay the bill. <laughs> Lucy Pudilova versus Yanan Wu at women, women's bantamweight. And Tom, my main question for you is this. Why does this division exist? Like, really? Well, Joe, I mean, that is a legitimate question at all times. But I have a even more pertinent one. Why is it on the main card? Yes, why is it on the main card? And why? This, this... Look, 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 let me just look, let me just break it down for you right here. All right. I don't know who Wu Yunnan is, but I do have the power to Google her name and find out she's lost three fights on the bounce. Three fights. You should be cut, love. You certainly should be fighting. <laughs> shouldn't be fighting on the main card. And then, do you know what her, you know what her put... record is in the UFC? By the way, go for it. One win, four losses. I'm just letting that hang out there. Now we come to Lucy Pudelov, Joe. Now she was so bad, she did actually got cut from the UFC. She lost four in a row and she was finally mercifully sent back to the Czech Republic. Mm. Won a few over there, lost one. UFC needed to fill out the division again. She's come back and she's on the main card. What is going on? Bro, what is going the, on? How can so, you treat us like this? Bro, she um she had four losses in a row. Um so she lost her debut in the UFC, won two in a row, and then lost four, uh, including losses to Irene Aldana, Liz Carmouche, and Antonina Shevchenko. The most damning of them all. Yeah, this is this is shit. Like, let's be honest, this is absolute shit. This is and, shit, and this is likely, Joe, how you're gonna upset me and take my bell and probably you're going to consider Go on. it to be give me, give, me your, give me your prediction Joe look I'll break it down for you right here Lucy Pudelova her reach is 67 inches 67 and a half yeah. right? that number 67 and a half is higher than 66 inches which is Wu Jianan's <laughs> reach and so I've picked Lucy Pudelova to win my decision on, yeah. on points 
by yeah, outstriking her opponent. Yeah, I've, I got pooted over by decision just purely out of... Um, a fellow she's, connoisseur she's, of the sport, I see. Yeah, she just won some fights recently, so I'm going to give her that. Right, that was that's a terrible fight. Uh, also a terrible fight. Apparently this is happening at light heavyweight. Uh, Tyson Pedro versus Harry Hunsucker. Uh, Harry Hunsucker, who fought a heavyweight, I believe, isn't he? That's, that's his division? Yes, indeed. Um, this is a terrible fight as well. Um, basically, pick your poison of jabroni losses. So Harry Hunsucker has lost to Jared Vanderar, uh, Tai Tuivasa, and then he lost to Justin Taffer by head kick. I didn't even know Taffer could get his head, uh, his uh, foot that high. Whereas Tyson Pedro has lost to, get this, Mauricio Shogunhua, Ovin St. Pru, and your boy, Ilya Latifi. Now this is shit. Absolute shit. Yeah. Uh, I, Joe, uh, Joe uh, it's just outrageous. I am <laughs> outrageous. Like, Harry this Hansucker is, is absolutely garbage. <laughs> I, can't, I don't have any other words. He's a total He's a total bum. He's so bad, Joe, that when I was preparing as the professional that I am, I was Googling Harry Hansucker, and I came across a video of him with an interview before this fight. Mm. And... Uh, I thought the um, <laughs> I thought the title of the interview was um, Harry Hansaka on people who talk shit about all his knockout losses. Right. I, I thought that was the title of the video. Like he was going to go on there and say like, yeah, people say I'm crap, but yeah, it doesn't bother me. They don't know what it takes. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I'm a fighter. I'm a real man. Exactly, Joe. That wasn't even the title of the video. But that's <laughs> the, that is I I don't I couldn't even recall the real title of the video because I was convinced that's what it must be because what else could he possibly be talking about <laughs> now Joe <sighs> on, I know Tyson, well Tyson Pedro I think he's going to win this fight I think he's going to win it by TKO um, by being less of a bum I think you had a little bit more you wanted to say about Tyson Pedro though did I? <laughs> did I? No. <laughs> My main point is that he lost to Ilya Latifi, which is the most damning indictment possible. I've gone for Harry Hunsucker by knockout, just to the fact because, bro, if you're losing to Latifi, I I can't take you seriously. Like, I cannot take you seriously. He lost to him by unanimous decision. <laughs> like he lost to Latifi unanimously. And by the way, his last fight against Ike Villanueva, right? That was in 2022. His fight before that was against Shogun Hua in 2018. This this is shit. Like this is absolute shit. I I almost feel like I'm going to fast forward these fights. I'm not. I'll watch it properly. But my God, like it is. Like if if I got captured by the North Koreans, this is what they would have to show me <laughs> for me to be like, all right. This is where the missiles are. Yeah. <laughs> this. Yeah. Now, Joe, like, what about the prelims? Is there something in there that the fans should look at? No. <laughs> no. There's nothing there. No, all right. There's one fight that stood out for me. Um, women's flyweight. Miranda Maverick is back against Shanna Young. Um, this is interesting to me, mostly for Maverick, because she had a couple of losses there to a couple of other young contenders in Macy Barber and... Aaron Blanchfield sort of hit that wall against basically her peers um and see whether she can start getting that uh getting that back together I've always been impressed by her kickboxing for you know women's MMA let's be honest generally not very good and when you find someone who is actually pretty good I'm always pretty happy to uh to find that 
I'd be interested to see if she can start to build herself back up. Sure, you got a, a win against uh, Sabina Matso. Um, Shannon Young, uh, she's been in the UFC. She's had three fights, won one, lost two. Again, be interested to see if Maverick can start putting it back together and build herself back up in a division whereby if you get four wins in a row, you get a title shot against Valentina Shevchenko, which is obviously what uh, your girl, uh, what's her name? Meatball Molly McCann is trying to do. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna, I think that's an interesting one just to see if there's a young fighter can start to turn it background. Tom, anything for you standing out on these uh, atrocious prelims? Yeah, I can see that was through gritted teeth, to Joe. Um, I am also pretty appalled by the state of these prelims. It's just, it's really disappointing because we do have three great fights on the main card and then clearly they've just tossed us some absolute scraps. Uh, picking one fight is the headline of the prelims. Uh, Romanov versus Tibora at heavyweight. Tibora, the the veteran, he's been there against everyone. He's, he's you know, he, he's all right. He's not a bum. He's uh, good. He's, he, he's good. He would, he's good. He would handle Tyson Pedro and Hans Sucker. Yeah, but also time. it's like Tybura is one of those as well where it's just like if you if you can't beat Tybura, it's like you're gonna struggle a bit further up. And it's like if you smoke Tybura, it's like okay, you're actually good for heavyweight. And Romanov, who is undefeated, um, yeah, this is the test to see if he's actually worth something. This division. Yeah, I, I mean, you've called it exactly right there, Joe. I mean, just to highlight, um, Tibura, like, TKO over Walt Harris, TKO over Greg Hardy, decision over Ben Rothwell on his return. Mm. Uh, but he's lost to Volkov, he's lost to Lewis, he's lost to Verdun. So, um, absolutely stands there. The Do you remember that Volkov fight? Uh, yeah, it, it, it was very odd, like, was it? Volkov took the second round off, that was the fight. Yeah, he literally didn't fight in the second round um, and allowed Tybora to get back into it for some reason. So, uh, and then, yeah, perhaps say, he knew he wasn't going to knock him out. Romanov, five fights already in the UFC without garnering much attention whatsoever. Mm. Uh, this is definitely the biggest name for him now. Mm. So, you know, a big win here. And we've got another fighter in the heavyweight division worth watching. Young guy as well. So I guess I hope for a Romanov win. Let's um let's go back a week. Uh, last week, uh, me and you made uh, predictions for the uh, Marlon Vera versus Dominic Cruz fight night. Uh, you chose Dominic Cruz by decision. I chose Marlon Vera to win. Vera wins by knockout. Um, hell of a performance from Vera, don't you think? Well, kind of. uh, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of. Uh, now, like two rounds in, Joe, I was feeling pretty happy with my pick. I had seen a few things that concerned me. Uh, what, like getting name, knocked to the ground a few times? <laughs> namely, any strike connecting, uh, sending Cruz very briefly to the to the mat. Um, that was, you know, slight bubbling concern for me and my prediction. But you know, I think Cruz was pretty comfortable in those first two rounds. Uh, I don't know mm. how you saw it. Yeah, I, I, I think that Marlon. This fight kind of outlined Marlon Vera as a fighter. Of like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna get my read on you, and then I'm gonna finish you. And you saw that. You saw that in, I think it was in the second round. He threw the the high kick from an ortho, orthodox stance, and Cruz ducked out away. And that was the same move that led to the knockout when he switched it to a southpaw stance. Cruz with the same escape, Vera with the high kick. I thought the kicking game from Vera was very impressive in this fight. 
Um, but also, it was one of those where Dominic Cruz in losing as a veteran kind of made me realise he's got something still to give. Like, I thought he was really impressive, actually. I thought he actually went out there and put on a good performance. And I want to see him still fight in the UFC, but I don't want to see him fight Marlon Vera. <laughs> that's the thing. I don't want that's, to see him That's very, stuck. That's very, very interesting, Joe, because, you know, like, I, uh, in the preview pod when we were looking ahead to this fight, I was saying that, um, you know... Cruz hasn't been definitive hasn't been like definitively shown to be past it. You know, I was kind of defending defending his losses, looking at his record and thinking he he might might have one last run in him. Mm. Uh and if he's got one more run, run in him, then I want to watch him. However, the result of this fight was that he has lost a yard. You could yeah. you could see that and of course uh Vera then showed it in spectacular fashion, you know, as you say, um, f- fainting in a way that made Cruz exit straight onto uh, to a high kick, which then folded his nose on impact and sent yeah. him sprawling to the mat. Joe, it's not a good look for a for a thirty late thirty year old commentator with a lot of injuries uh, in a killer division. The, t- the tests only get tougher. The damage only takes longer to recover from. I, for me, left this fight thinking Cruz should hang it up. So that is I, the duopoly of, of this sport. You know, it's... The, my, problem, my problem with Cruz is that I would like to see him fight again. But it's like those fights that would be ideal for him, uh, there aren't many. Frankie Edgar's retiring in November. And then Jose Aldo. Joe, wait, let me, that's let, the, that's let the other me, one. Let me stop you. Let me stop you. Let me stop cool. you. That. You're telling me you want to watch Frankie Edgar versus Dominic Cruz. Yeah. For like curiosity's sake. Do you know what I mean? Like you go to the zoo. For you nostalgia's sake. Yeah. I mean, why not? Like I just want to. Listen, bro. We're in the. We're, this is the fight game we're talking about. This is built on freak shit. Okay. And I want to see some freaky shit. All right. And Dominic Cruz versus Frankie Edgar in 2022. That's some freaky shit I just want to see. Like, like what? Hold on. Frankie Edgar has his retirement fight. I know Cruz isn't going to be having... Isn't going to have the Edgar fight. It's going to be fucking Ricky Simone, most likely. And he's going to smash Edgar. And then he's going to move on to fighting someone who's actually worthwhile. But, you know, if next year, you know, you find out that there's a fight night that's being headlined by Aldo versus Cruz, you're not going to be interested in that to think like, oh, you know, finally get to see the two... I'm going to be asking what has happened to Jose Aldo. Not another. He's lost to Divashvili. He got knocked out and ground and pounded. Oh, that's a tragic, a tragic scene to imagine because Aldo, he he seems like he's resurgent. That would that would make me sad, Joe. I mean, look, Frankie Edgar got head kicked by Marlon Vera. He shouldn't be fighting anymore. Dominic Cruz got head kicked by Marlon Vera. Shouldn't be fighting anymore. I think that's almost like an indictment of Vera. I feel like that's that's like you're saying like you've lost to this. You know, shit can like you should not be losing to this. I'll guy. say this. I'll say this. I don't think you catch Dominic Cruz in his prime with that head kick. I think you do if you're Marlon Vera. Like I think that's what their styles matching up. Like I, th- I feel like Cruz's style doesn't really suit these these I, younger I, guys. I, I thought you could see in this fight that Cruz has lost a yard. He's definitely lost a step, but I feel like well, Sohudo kind of showed the way, didn't he? That literally all you have to do is kick his legs. And then you can get the better of him. Anyway, let's move on. Nate Landwer versus David Onama. Um, some people are saying fight of the year, to which I say, 
shut your fucking mouth. That is not the fight of the year. I'm not having a man walking away in the middle of the fight, waving towards the crowd as the fight of the year. It was very entertaining and it was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, it was a fun fight. Wasn't Joe, it? it would have been fucking great if Anama had finished him in that final flurry. Then it could yeah. have been fight of the year. I would have loved yeah, yeah. that. Um, but no, I, it didn't. It didn't really do it for me. It was a bit of fun. I don't know. I, I'm not having Nate Landwehr as some kind of like folk hero star off the back of displays like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Anama was totally gassed. Totally. Gassed. Oh, he was. He was shattered. That man. Shattered. And then kept going. Like in the third round, was like landing some pretty. But Landwehr created the space for that, you know. And Landwehr ultimately couldn't finish him. Yeah, actually, that's interesting. That's interesting. A lot of people are skipping that. Mm. It's just like, how did you not finish this guy who is quite literally exhausted? Like, he is got nothing left. And his coach is saying to him, do you still want to fight? Like, if Kraus had thrown the towel in, then would you have... Well, do you think that's the right decision? That was one of the talking points from the fight. I I think Kraus should have thrown the towel in. I don't like it when fighters are asked, do you want to fight? They have no choice. But to to either if, not say anything or or murmur like yes, Anama didn't uh, kind of defiantly say yeah, man. Like he didn't really give some oomph. How dare you like, ask me that question? Yeah, yeah it's it like was... yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think with his response, you could see that he wasn't ready to go out and fight some more, and uh, and they should have stopped it. That's what I think. Speaking of uh, no longer wanting to fight, uh, this past weekend, Rory McDonald retires. The great what could have been, don't you think, went to Bellator after leaving the UFC, won their title, had some good wins uh, there, lost the title, uh, had a weird fight with John Fitch where he went to a draw and then he said afterwards, God is telling me maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore. And it's just like, okay, bro, I I really don't think you should be doing this. (laughs) Goes to the PFL, sees that million dollar prize at the end of the rainbow and proceeds to get starch by a bloke who got the fight on two days' notice due to uh, McDonald's original opponent not getting a visa. Uh, and also, weirdly enough, this was in Cardiff. Uh, the PFL came to Cardiff this past it, weekend. It's a hard spot, um, but Rory mm. McDonald has earned a spot on the pod, remembering his um, remembering his epic title fight with Robbie Lawler, one that will mm. surely enter the UFC Hall of Fame. He'll always yeah. had that, but he's another one of those men, Joe, who just have left a little bit of his soul in that ring. Yeah, he was literally, he was never the same as that Lawler fight, was he? Like, I know he had the win over Douglas Lima. I know that he kind of did look refreshed in Bellator, but not the same guy, not the same guy. He he had an interview with Ariel this week where he says he's going to go into real estate and fuck me, you hope that the paperwork's all right on those houses. Uh, Let's also speak about, I think you're more sad about this. Shane Burgos has left the UFC. Joe, join the PFL. And I want to put this out there for the listeners. I wanted to lead with this. <laughs> I wanted to lead, I, like, you know, especially with some of the dross that was served on this card that we've just went through. Uh, the loss of Shane Burgos to the UFC is is monumental. Yeah, Dana even said it this week. I don't know how they how we let this guy go, and there's a major problem there. Like, could but, you imagine? Could you imagine, like, you know, uh, Eric Ten Hag coming out? And being like, yeah, there's a major issue in, you know, us selling Bruno Fernandez. Like, that something majorly bad happened there. Like, this is this is bizarre. Really, really bizarre moment. I mean, Burgos announced it on Ariel Hawani's show. He said that 
Uh, it's getting paid a lot more, six figures more than whatever the UFC could have offered, is what he said. Uh, Ariel asked the question then, uh, would it take a couple fights in the UFC to make this one, uh, the money for one PFL fight? And he said yes. So Burgos has said, it's a financial decision. I had to make that decision. And I do not blame him for it. But I'm gutted. Because, let's be honest, me and you ain't doing a PFL preview anytime soon. And I love a bit of Shane Burgos. I think he's a tremendous fighter. But I don't blame him. Totally rational decision. Respect it. Appreciate it for for him and his family. Can't criticise that, but entering the PFL means you basically no longer exist to hold on. I'm talking brother. And that's a great tragedy. This is a man who put in four fight of the night performances in his time in the UFC. Uh, Memorable fights against, of course, Edson Barbosa, Calvin Cater, Charles Jourdain last time out. Billy Quarantillo. The Quarantillo fight. Yeah, I mean, Shane Burgos is only 31 years of age. So much potential. But he's making the right decision because he can go to the PFL, fight there for two, three years, and then come back to the UFC and make even more money, make his name elsewhere. Like, I I really do think that there is a path for some of these guys to go out to these other organizations, particularly if you're, you know, an upper sort of level quality fighter like a Burgos. Go there, make some more money, Make your name there, and then come back to the UFC because you got more leverage in negotiating. Like Rory McDonald, yeah. Like no, not like <laughs> like Justin Gaethje. Like yeah, World Series of Fights. Part of the UFC, though, I know, I know, but he built his name up, and he had big fights, and he was Gaethje. His fights like were more well watched in World Series of Fighting than they were in the UFC in terms of television viewers. Like I think one of his fights had something like five million viewers. You know, and then he goes to the UFC, and he's making his first fight in the UFC is making 500,000 like you know fight pay keeps coming up I think it's the right thing to do I I, I can't I can't knock it it's just a, it's a huge loss to to our sport it's a, it's a huge loss to his podcast is what it is Tom yeah that's that's the real loss here right Tom let's go over the main card again we're going to go through our predictions one more time yet again we made predictions one point if we get the uh, winner of the fight correct two points if we get the method First off, Tyson Pedro, Harry Hunsucker. I've gone for Hunsucker by knockout, Tom. It's a Tyson Pedro knockout for me. Uh, Pujilova versus... What's this uh, Chinese lady's name? Uh, Yu Wanan. <laughs> Yu Wanan. Um, both gone for Pujilova by decision. Yeah, by reach advantage for me. Reach advantage for sure. Jose Aldo versus Murab Duvashvili. Tom? It's a Jose Aldo decision, baby. Marab Navashvili by knockout for me. Paolo Costa versus Luke Rockhold. For some reason, I've gone for Luke Rockhold by decision. My heart wants what it wants, Tom. Your heart wants you to be a loser, Joe. I picked uh, <laughs> Paolo Costa to keep me as the champ by KO. It's all, it would be too late by then, anyway. That Hunsucker would knockout would have uh, taken me over. And then, last but not least, for the welterweight titles, Kamaru Usman defends against Leon Edwards. We've both gone for uh, Edwards? Usman by decision. Although... Both lent heavily towards an Edwards uh, decision. My £10 will be going on Leon Edwards, though. That's uh, that's the great value bet of the weekend. I mean, for sure. it's i, I got to say, the more I look at it, the more I think Edwards is well positioned for somehow what would be a huge upset. So um, I'm not sure yep. about I'm not sure about Kamaru, but he's earned the right to be picked by Hold On, I'm Talking Brother. Uh, listeners, thank you so much for joining us. If you want to email us, 
you can contact us at holdonbrother69 at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to break down this card and all the joys that come with it. Tom, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Joe. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week. See you then.